Okay, good morning. The Ramah discusses a very interesting question, which I'm going to use, Be'ez HaShem, as the uh, introduction to today's topic, a very interesting and very important topic. The Ramah wants to know, does an infant, does a young child, Rahman al-Islam, that passes away, does it have a portion, a share in Olam Haba? That's the Ramah's question. A child, Rahman al-Islam, that passes away, a young child was never yet reached the age of mitzvahs, bar mitzvah, bas mitzvah, what portion do they have in Olam Haba? So the Ramah brings a Gemara in Sanhedrin. He grows a ton of devayu of meh, brings a Gemara in Sanhedrin, daf kuf and asks the following, how do we know that a small child has a portion in Olam Haba? And the answer is, open the gates for those that answer Amen. And the Ramah comes along to teach us a halacha that every child should cheat, teach their children at a young age to answer Amen because this is what brings a person to acquire Olam Haba. An amazing, amazing thing. Amen, a simple word. Three letters, but yet so powerful that can help a person gain entry into the next world. And today, for the next few minutes, I'd like to give a little bit of an insight into Amen. We do it all the time. We're supposed to do it all the time. Let's understand what is Omein, why it's so special, and hopefully some Gvaldiga stories to give you an idea in what Omein is. No. There is a very interesting Zoya HaKadosh. It's brought by the Shlom. And it says like this. Every Omein can open up every single gate in heaven, even if the gates of Tfila of prayer are closed and they're tightly shut but they can simply be opened by saying one Omein and I'm going to quote to you the words of the Zoya HaKadosh from Shimon Bar Yochai that's brought down by the Shlah HaKadosh and I'm going to read to you in English it's in Shlah in Yoni Tzvila amazing Zoya listen to this from Shimon Bar Yochai one who concentrates on the words of each bracha that he hears and replies Omein with concentration and according to the Allah causes tremendous Kiddush, Kedusha, above, and an abundance of good in all worlds. He opens the source of blessing from above, the source of all living waters, just as one who opens a fountain that gushes forth to irrigate the entire land, a voice descends from heaven and announces that all this good and joy was caused by Plony and Plony, the servant of the Holy King. When you swallow in trouble and pray, an announcement goes to all the words, open the gates for the righteous nation may enter, those who remain steadfast in their face reply, Amen. Just as they open the gates of brachas and influence from above, so do their prayers be answered. Listen to the Zoya Kaddish, an amazing thing. A person can benefit the entire world just by understanding A, the meaning of brachas, and B, answering a simple three-letter word, Amen. There's a Gemara in brachas, Nun Gimel. The Gemara in brachas says that when a person answers Amen, listen to what the Gemara compares it to. He compares it to a battlefront, to a war that's going on. Amazing Gemara. Nun Gimel in Brachas. A whole war is going on, says the Gemara. What happens? And if you look at the Marashah, the Marashah explains in detail. What does the Gemara mean? That answering Amen is like a war, it's like a battlefront. What's Pshat? So the Marashah explains like this. Beautiful. Says the Marashah. I don't know people think about this. You know, we say Amen all the time. But like, just think for a moment what the Marashah is explaining, what Amen is. The Marashah says that you have soldiers in the front line and they're fighting the bitter and bloody battle. I mean, these are fighters, they're fighting, they're, they're, they're taking casualties, it's terrible. It's terrible, they're on the front lines. What happens is, that once 
they're finished and they are managing to conquer the city they're not the ones that conquer the city because they're basically on the front lines it's the people behind them that all of a sudden come forward and they conquer and take over the city says the Marishon explains like this the marshal is that every bracha is a struggle between the forces that want it to happen that brings good into the world and the forces that don't want it to happen that bring bad into the world and the accusing angels say why should these words open up heavenly chambers and you know what happens you say a bracha and so to speak it hangs in mid-air waiting and then all of a sudden there's another sound and that sound is the Amen that's like the second line of attack the reinforcement all of a sudden comes along takes over victory and goes and conquers the next city and that's what's happening with us every time we say in our main we're conquering we're bringing bracha down to the world we're doing tremendous tremendous things it's an absolutely amazing thing I'll bring you an amazing story that's brought down in the in the listen to what he says it's a story brought down in brings this mice in the introduction to Leib Elio. There was a Talmud of Leib Elio, Rav Lopian, that accompanied his rabbi, Rav Lopian, on the train from Yerushalayim to Haifa. True story. They were going on the train from Yerushalayim to Haifa, and they were reciting Tzvila Saderich. They made Tzvila Saderich, Rav Lopian excused himself. A few minutes later, he returned, and there were a whole group of policemen there. And he said to the policemen, they were not religious, he said, Okay, I'm going to now say Asha Can everybody please listen? And when I'm finished, can everybody please answer Amen? Right? These non-religious policemen, what do they care? The rabbi says answer Amen and listen to Asha Okay. So they all sit there listening. And very Lopian slowly, carefully, with Kavana, is saying the bracha of Asha which is, you know, he understood what it means, Nakovim, Nakovim, Chalolim, Chalolim, to have a body that works and is able to get rid of the waste. There's a tremendous, tremendous schos. We have to thank Hashem for that. And Rebellion Lopian is saying the bracha of Asha All of a sudden he finishes, and everybody all together, as they were told, answering Amen. A few minutes later, okay, you can look up this Maisa and a few minutes later, there was a sudden screech at the brakes and the train came to a sudden stop on the way to Haifa. All of a sudden, the police people, all the people over there, ran out the train to see what's going on. Why is the train stopping? And they quickly went out. Everybody's waiting on the train to see what's going on. They didn't hear anything. Stop. No one knows what's happening. About a half an hour later, the police come back onto the train and their faces are like white. And everyone said, what happened? What, 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 what went on? So they said, we found a bomb on the tracks of the train from Yushalayim on the way to Haifa and it was Baruch Hashem it, was, you know, it wasn't detonated it didn't explode if we would have gone over it and we would have, it would have exploded we probably wouldn't be here right now to tell the tale everyone and again this mice is brought in in the Hagdama of the Rebbe everyone looked at Rebbe Lopian and understood now why he wanted everyone to say Ashayotza, to listen to his Ashayotza and say the Amen afterwards the Shus he understood they needed a Shus and the Shus was the Amen Okay, Rebbe Lapian explains that when a person says Amen after a bracha, it isn't just a nice thing to do, but it's something that's so important. I want to tell you something else. There's a sefer called the Levush. Levush is one of the gedolei achronim in halacha. Anybody who learns halacha looks at the Levush to see what he says. Beautiful reasons. Listen to this story. An unbelievable story. A admoi to understand what Amen is. He says like this: Ramad Chayafa, that's the Levush. He was offered to be the av based in Lonza. Right, because he was a going, he was a tremendous Talmud Chacham, amazing, amazing person. Now he said, no problem. He agreed, but he said, I cannot go until I learn how to be how to be um, 
to make the month longer, right? To, to, to make the month you make, give an extra day to the month. He wanted to know that longer. So he wanted to understand that logic. He wanted to understand how it worked. So he never learned it before. So he travelled all the way to certain Sfadim, and he went to ask with a big baki. It was Maria Buav. Maria Buav, anybody who went to Tvas, went to Maria Buav Shul. So he went, Ramot Chayafa the Levush, went to the Maria Buav to, to, to teach, to ask to be taught how to do Ibr HaChodesh because Maria Buav was a tremendous baki, big expert in this and he wanted to learn it for himself so he went there to learn and when he was learning as he was being taught there was a five year old child who made a bracha over an apple and most people said Amen but the Lavosh Ramad Chayafa did not answer Amen the Maria Buav saw that he didn't answer Amen got extremely angry and he said, I'm putting you in cheirim, excommunication, for 30 days. The Levush came after 30 days and begged. He said, I'm being moichel, being moichel. No, not being moichel. He said, why? It's so bad. What do I do already? He said, you should know, I love you with an avashleim. I love you with all of my heart, more than my own children. But you should know that in Shemaim, you are chayiv misa for not answering or main to that child's bracha. And therefore, the only way to do this and to get you out of that misa would be to put you in excommunication for 30 days. But I'm giving you only one condition, and that is make sure you publicize the story. And he writes it in the safe in the Levush, at the end of the safe, he brings the story to tell everybody. Make sure you understand what it means an Omein. Make sure you understand what it means the godless of answering an Omein. Let me tell you an amazing, amazing story. And again, I'm doing this just to give you an idea of what it means. It's a three-letter word. It's something that we just do all the time. But yet it's got so much power. There's so much chashivas to it. It's an amen. Big deal. But no, it obviously is a big deal. In Bnei Barak, there's a hospital called Mani Yeshua. This is a tremendous thing. It was established by Dr. Moshe Rothschild, the founder of the hospital. And there's a kodal there. I mean, the chachomim learning various medical halachas and everything else. Now, there was a doctor that made Aliyah from America. And he was raised in a completely non-religious community in a part of America that had no shaykhs to Yiddishkeit. This guy was completely not religious, a Jew, but not religious whatsoever. A doctor, um, sorry, one of the rabbonim in, uh, in the hospital, got to know him and said to him, tell me, after many years, he all of a sudden became religious. What sparked you to become religious? I mean, you grew up completely no shaykhs. You had no, you know, no understanding of what Yiddishkeit was, what, you, uh, what Judaism was. And all of a sudden, you come to the neighbor, I can understand, to be a doctor, you're, you know, surrounded by Haredim and everything. Why did you become religious? What was the reason? Listen to his answer. It's absolutely astounding. His answer is like this. He says, approximately, it's a true story. Approximately 18 years ago, he was treating a terminally ill patient. His body was eventually dying is everything was uh, ceasing to function all of a sudden all the main uh, organs in his body were slowly shutting down his days were clearly numbered after deliberating the case with various specialists he presented to the family an operation that he himself could perform which he said is a very dangerous procedure and it has a risk of killing the patient maybe possibly but he's about to die anyway or it could actually allow him to live another six months but it's very painful very dangerous and very expensive. He said to the patient, this is 18 years earlier, he's talking, right, he was a non-religious doctor, no exposure to Yiddishkeit, rabbis, and all these sorts of things. So listen, the decision is yours. If you want to have the operation, I'm willing to do it, I'm willing to take the risk, it's up to you, you've got to sign the papers, you know, you're not going to sue me, whatever. So they came along and they said, listen, the family member said, we cannot make this decision on our own. We just cannot. We're going to go to a Moshe Feinstein. So he said, sorry? So we're going to go to our rabbi to ask him, 
Are you crazy? <laughs> I'm telling you a medical situation about it's dangerous, not that you're going to a rabbi. What is a rabbi going to know about medical special procedures and risks involved? What, what is he going to know? He said, this rabbi knows everything. So he said, you know what? Can I come with? I never really met a rabbi before. I never really had exposure to what a rabbi can do. So he said, sure, come with. Ramosha, the God of They traveled all the way to Ramosha. Right, Ramosha, the God of And they came to ask Ramosha. And they gave them all the details of the, of, the, of the procedure, the details of where the patient is holding, everything like that. They told him everything was. And he said, what happened will forever be etched in my memory. He said the rabbi began to cry. But not just cry, he cried real bitter tears. He said everyone was silent. This rabbi had never met these parents, had never met the patient, had no idea or any connection to this person, but heard of his predicament and started to cry. And I said, me, I've been involved in being a doctor for so many years, you eventually detach yourself. You sort of become numb from the pain because it doesn't bother you anymore. Here's a rabbi that probably hears these things all the time. And he was able to have the sensitivity to cry and cry and cry because he heard that someone is in a bad thing. And Ramosha said, I need one day to consider the psak. So they all went, they all left, and they came back a day later, they came to Ramosha. And Ramosha said, no problem. You can do it, there's no problem. And Amit Hashem had had many more healthy years. That's what he answered. Now, when the doctor heard that, his face was like, many more healthy years, take it easy. You know, maybe he'll get six months. Don't, you know, don't get carried away and give the family some false hopes of many more years. Now, Ramosha, he said, this, the doctor's talking, Ramosha must have realized that I was very skeptical on my face. Because he said to me, let me tell you something, Mr. Doctor. He said, in the half a year after the surgery, he will be allowed to answer Amen, or we have the opportunity to answer Amen to many brothers. Each Amen that he's going to say will create a guardian angel for him, and these angels will defend him before the heavenly court, and he will be granted a very long life. That's what Moshe said. And, and the doctor said the encounter with this tzaddik, and obviously what, the, what happened, the mice of this person lived for many more years, he said, I, I saw that, and I said, unbelievable. But what we have to gain from the story, apart from the godless of emotion and understanding of this doctor to see how emotion reacted, is the power of an Amen. What one Amen can cause is such a tremendous, tremendous thing that we often don't realize the power of what an Amen is. And it's something that's so, so important for a person to realize. We're often in a situation where we hear an Amen. Or when we make a bracha, can we allow other people to make an Amen? We have to make brachas ourselves. Maybe we should be more makbin. Maybe we should be more careful to allow other people to answer Amen because that's what Amen is. But the power of what Amen. Keil Melech Nehman, it's basically saying when a person says Amen, you're agreeing to the bracha. And perhaps, says the Sfas Emes, a pshat, which is an amazing pshat, the Gemara tells us, a person answers Amen, he's better than the guy who made the bracha. What's the pshat? The guy that made the bracha, I understand. But the guy that answers Amen is bigger than that. How does that work? It explains the Sfas Emes as follows. It says the Sfas Emes, when a person makes a bracha, he's making a bracha on something that happened to him. He's making a goimel to thank Hashem. He's making a bracha on an apple because he's eating the apple. Boring a fosha, he's bracha a Muslim because he ate. So he did it, he was real, to him it was that. Me, who makes the Amen, I didn't experience what he experienced, I didn't eat what he ate. But I'm saying Amen, I'm agreeing. I'm, so to speak, raising up the power and the Shechina and saying, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, you run the world and I'm agreeing to everything he says, I didn't have the Hanor, the benefit. I'm better than him. And that's why we have to be careful. Let's realize the power of what it means to make an Amen, the opportunity to make an Amen, the Shchus, the Shmira, 
the brachas that can come down to a person just from saying that three-letter word, oh main, it's such a simple thing, but yet so powerful. And I just wanted to put, give over to this message, before we learn all the halachas, which Beis Hashem we will, but just to understand what it means in our main, such a simple thing, but yet we see from here, what an amazing thing, and let me just end with one last thing. The Chavetz Chaim brings a tremendous marshal to understand what it means, the value of an Amen. Says the Chavetz Chaim, there was a simple farmer that never saw a big town. Never saw a big town in his life. He's always lived in some little farm in his little tiny village. Never really saw what it means, a city. And all of a sudden he got an opportunity. Someone gave him a, a ticket. Someone gave him some, a money to buy a ticket and a train and go see the big city. And he was so excited, I'm going to see the big city, this is amazing, what an opportunity. So he takes the money and he goes to the train station, someone shows him where it is, and he says, excuse me, where do I buy a ticket? So, you know, he doesn't know, he has no idea. So he goes and buys a ticket, goes over to the lady, says, I need to go to such and such a city, right? He heard someone told him, go to such a city, amazing big city, you'll, you'll, you know what you're going to see there, unbelievable. So he goes, I want to go to such a city. So the woman says, tell me something. You want to go first class? She has no idea what that is. She says, okay, I'll go first class. So she tells her how much it is. He gives her the money. And he gets a white ticket. Now, he takes his white ticket. He has no idea what to do with it. He has no idea where to stand. He stands by the train. He sees a whole bunch of farmers by the train in one section of the train. He says, you know what? All the farmers are standing there. I'm also going to stand there, right? So he stands over there. All of a sudden, the whistle goes. Can't figure out why they've not gone the train yet, right? The whistle's going. And they've opened the door. And they close the door, and these people manage to get in through the back, so he follows them, because he figures, you know, I've got to just follow them. And he goes to the back of the train, and they're sort of hiding under the benches, thinking, this is interesting, interesting way of travelling to the city, but you know what, a bunch of farmers are doing it, so why can't I? And he goes there, and all of a sudden he hears a noise. The conductor's coming, the conductor's coming, everybody's scampering to any place they can fight the heights, he figures I'll do the same thing, he goes onto a bench, doesn't know what's going on, conductor, what's a conductor? What he doesn't mean is, obviously, is to hide that well, and his foot is sticking out. The conductor sees his body and says, come out from there. So he comes out. He says, excuse me, do you, what are you doing? He says, what do you mean? I'm traveling to the city. He says, do you have a ticket? He says, of course I have a ticket. He says, do you have a ticket? He says, of course I have a ticket. So he takes out his white ticket from, the, uh, from his pocket. And the conductor sees this and says, this is the first class seat. What are you doing over here? This is the back of the place where everyone tries to steal to get in. And you've got a first class seat. What are you doing? He said, the Chofetz Chaim, we do the same thing. We have an opportunity to travel first class. We could travel in style, but we choose to travel on the back of the train and hide under without realizing we have a first class ticket. We have an Omein. We have an opportunity as the Zoya Kodesh promises to open the gates of Shamayim. All the bracha, all the shefa, everything comes down. By what? By answering Omein. That's it. Amazing thing. So Rabbi said, let's get a chizik from this. Number one, to answer Omein. And number two, to give other people the opportunity to answer Amen, to say a bracha loud. The Hashem, tomorrow we'll go to the halachas, but just to understand what our main means, that's Be'ez HaShem, get a chizek, and the Rebbe will give us a lot of bracha from Shamayim. Have a wonderful, wonderful day.